Hey everyone, it's Andrea. It's summer break and we're traveling, but instead of leaving you hanging, we decided to drop a special Escape Pod episode for you to enjoy. Let's get our nerd on. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I want to welcome you to this special episode of the Escape Pod. And today, Andrea and I have a very special guest. So our guest today is Sam Robinson. He's an actor, he's a director, he's a teaching artist, and he's also worked on stages across the globe. He's a member of the Canadian and American Actors Equity, and he's currently a company member and president of the board of the Southern California Shakespeare Festival. In addition, he was one of the Klingons in season four, episode 24, The Mind's Eye of Star Trek The Next Generation, which totally blows our minds. Sam, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for welcoming me. We're so happy to have you here and having a Klingon, like <laughs> somebody who was a Klingon chat with us. That's just super exciting. I just, I just have a million questions to ask you. Great. Fire away. <laughs> well, I mean, can you give us sort of like an overall, like what was your overall feeling like working on set for a show like Star Trek TNG? So it was, um, it's an iconic show and um, working on the studio lot was amazing, you know, going on to Paramount and just being on the lot where so many shows have been filmed and to be welcomed onto the set was super amazing. Uh, so it, it was a great experience. Um, how I got there uh, was through central casting. So. Uh, Los Angeles and I'm sure other metropolitan areas like New York and Chicago have uh, major extra casting um, organizations and central casting is the one here in Los Angeles. So um, in seeking work, uh, I would go to central casting on days that I wasn't filming something else or, or in class or whatever and uh, would just say I'm available today. And so they basically look at your height, they look at um, just your, your stats, your specifics, and um, cast you based on, you know, what is needed for the day. That particular day, um, Star Trek was looking for somebody who was 6'2", and uh, uh, with my build, and so I was brought in to um, work as an extra as a Klingon. So that's amazing because like I said, we don't, we don't know anything about any of this world. Um, so, so one of my questions is um, when you go to that, what do you call that? The casting? Central casting is you, okay. the, the name of the, the group that hires performers um, for the day, for the week, um, when they need background, when they need extras. Um, okay. Totally, totally got it. So when you go to central casting, here's a question. I'm not sure if you can answer this, but do you see a lot of diversity hanging around in central casting? Because what we've seen a lot in this show, particularly, is a lot of the same type of person. And so it makes me really question, like, how many different types of extras of actors who want to be extras are there? Or is it really predominantly one type? So it's actually quite broad and there are so many different movies being made with so many needs 
that um, there there is a, a big diversity of folks there. Um, they um, want to have as many different types of people as possible um, available to cast. That's fascinating because we don't see a lot of diversity on a lot of shows, including TNG. We do see we do see some, and it's kind of like a groundbreaking show in the diversity that it does show, right? We do have this black chief engineer, which is so epic. We've got Guinan, Whoopi Goldberg, which totally. is a huge get for the show. Totally. Um, we've got these really cool things that they do on the show where they kind of blur gender roles and gender lines, and they, they do so many fascinating things on the show. And at the same time, there is there's a lack of just different types of people that a lot of people seem very, very white. Um, not as many women, even the main cast of the show is, is what three women. And in season one, they said, this is way too many women and we need to get rid of some of them. It's like three (laughs) women on the whole show. So that made me think maybe there's not that many different kinds of actors, but now I'm finding out that no, there really are. So, huh, that's fascinating. Yeah, there are. And, and I think, things are changing and you know this was quite some time ago so um uh, i think the makeup of of all of the the shows and the studios and things that we're definitely taking a look at that and and uh, being more diverse in our our casting so sam do you think that having played a klingon who are are universally like dark skinned and I'm assuming they had to put some dark makeup on you and darken the tone of your skin. Do you think that if Star Trek TNG were being shot today, would they have used white actors to play dark skinned roles? What, what do you think about that? So, I mean, there, there are different skin tones for the Klingons. So I, I am a lighter toned um, Klingon, even <laughs> though they did put uh, makeup on me to, to make my prosthetic match my face. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, when, when I'm looking at the, the newer Star Treks, I am seeing more people of color and I am seeing more appropriate use for that. Yeah, which I I totally, I see that as well. And I do appreciate that. I noticed in TNG, there are very, very few um, dark-skinned people playing Klingons. Michael Doran, who's the main Klingon on the show, uh, who plays Worf, is African-American. But, and and maybe... maybe, I feel like that's it. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I was going to say maybe Kern, the one who plays his brother, but I'm not totally sure. The actor who plays his son is is a Caucasian child. So it's very, it's very, very few, which is, is really fascinating to me. Okay. Speaking of dark skin and the makeup and everything else, how long did it take to get all that on your face? All that prosthetic, like what's that process like? So there is a prosthetic um, piece that goes over the forehead. So Mm -hmm. my mom told me that I was cast because I had the right forehead. (laughs) (laughs) That's the kind of thing only a mother would say. I have the the forehead of a Klingon. So it was a natural when they saw me. Um, So there's one major piece that goes over the the front part of the head that also has hair attached to it. That must Um, look so creepy. Yeah. And so they attach that to to my face just above the eyebrows. Uh-huh. And then there's question on that. Pres- do they do they like glue that down? 
How so does it stick to your forehead? Spirit gum is the glue that we use in theater for prosthetics, for beards, for that kind of thing. And so um, in addition to that major headpiece, there is a piece that goes over the nose. Oh, just that's right. My nose. Um, and then there was a, um, a a long mustache that they put on and then a Classic Klingon. So mm-hmm. both of those things were spirit gummed. So nothing my- underneath your eyelids, with the exception of your nose, nothing underneath your eyelids was actually prosthetics. That was all just makeup. Correct. Wow. Now, did they did they do, because Klingon teeth are very distinctive. Did you have like a mouthpiece or anything like that? No, I did not. I was not um, speaking Klingon and um, was was more of a guard and don't blink or you'll miss me um, <laughs> during the scenes. So I simply was set dressing for, for the show. And uh, So set dressing means you don't get fancy teeth. I didn't get fancy teeth. I didn't grunt. I didn't get to speak in a foreign language. If you did get fancy teeth, would you be able to keep those fancy teeth? No, and I did not keep the any of the prosthetics, the costume, anything. But I have to say, um, they were very generous on set. I mean, the fact that the the person who did my makeup, so it took two hours to put that makeup on uh, and then not quite as much time to take it off. But um, when, when he did my makeup, um, he recognized that this was an exciting thing for me to be on set and doing that. And so he took pictures and actually sent them to me. Oh, that's so, so cool. You know, and, and at that time, you know, it was not digital it was like they sent me a a copy of the picture so he used a camera (laughs) because there were no camera phones back then so he actually took a camera took pictures and mailed you the pictures do you have do you have any of those pictures so yeah i i um i have the the picture um of me as as a klingon uh, the hard copy and and now i have it as digital because it's on my computer but yes that's amazing. Like that, that is really exciting. And so nice of that um, makeup artist to do, because I mean, nowadays we have, everyone has a camera phone. So you just whip it out at the drop of a hat or yeah. the drop of a pencil or the drop of a leaf, whatever happens. And you just whip or out the your drop phone. of a Klingon forehead. That's right. <laughs> that is right. And, and now we would have every part of that process could be photographed where you're like, here's me when they're putting on the gum, here's me with the forehead, you know, but back then it was, you had to actually put in real effort to take a picture of that and capture that moment. Otherwise it would just be gone. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, so the, the makeup, the makeup is one really big part of, of a Klingon, but really that costume, I just want to know so much about it. Like they look like they would weigh a ton because of all the like metal pieces and the mesh and the heavy. Can you, can you speak a little bit towards that? Sure. So it's all made with pleather, so fake leather and shiny plastic and <laughs> um, different things that film well, yes. um, but are light to wear. So I, I am not, I'm not the Tin Man. I do not have this huge, <laughs> heavy, um, heavy costume on it. It really was lightweight. But again, the reason I was cast is because I fit the prosthetics and I fit the costume. And, you know, they definitely um, cast people who fit the needs of the the character. So do they do they just like make costumes and then find the people? Is that how it goes where they say, okay, we need three guys who are all six two. So we're just going to make these costumes and then they just find people. Yeah. I mean, basically for, for the Klingon extras, 
um, they aren't going to hand make costumes um, f- for them every single time. Um, if I were a regular, if I was one of the characters that you were talking about earlier, um, the speaking roles, that kind of thing, they're crafting those costumes and they're made specifically for the actor. Um, so most of my work is in theater and um, oftentimes I'm originating roles or I'm, I'm having costumes built for me. Um, I am the character that plays uh, the role through the three month run or the year run or that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. so any of those lead characters, um, those costumes are theirs and they're they're made specifically for them. But for for the extras, the people that are just going on set for the day, mm-hmm. um, they're, they're, they're already pre, pre-made. I saw this kind of behind the scenes clip of one of the actors in Star Trek Voyager. And she was saying that she was, go- she was going in for a fitting. Um, and again, this was back in the day. So having this footage was, who knows who was recording this? This was like very special. But she was saying, oh, I'm going in for a fitting, which I do every single day that we shoot, I go in for a fitting, even though it's the same outfit I wore yesterday. So what is that about? Do they have different costumes for every day for these like main, these principal characters, or do they just want to make sure it looks the best every day? So, yeah, I mean, obviously sometimes our bodies um, change and certainly, you know, not generally overnight, um, but they really want to make sure that those costumes look great. Um, sometimes they're using things like Velcro or they're using clips on the backs to, mm-hmm. to, um, to tighten and primp and that kind of thing. But, you know, for, for season regulars, I mean, they want to make sure that those costumes fit like a glove and, um, yeah. If they're wearing something that looks the same every single day, you can bet that they have multiples of that costume. Yeah. Um, because cleaning, you know, oh. some of them can be hand washed, some of them can be dry cleaned, some of them are just spot cleaned. So, um, you know, if 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 somebody is wearing like Dorothy, for instance, in The Wizard of Oz had, you know, three or four different pairs of ruby slippers. That's why mm-hmm. there are, uh, you know, there's a, some in the Smithsonian, but other places also have copies oh, of that. And, they're, and their shoes how. that she wore through the film, but um, it, it's not always the same pair of shoes. Right. Okay. So. I, I was speaking to a friend of mine who's a costume designer for film, and she said something similar where you have to have so many multiples for the principal characters. Um, and I was reading about some TV shows where like the characters were like one of a kind, kind of like vintage outfits. And they were like between takes, like you couldn't eat anything or drink anything because that's the only one that you've got. So if you spill coffee on it, it's it's over, you know, and that's that's a big that's a big problem. And I bet makeup's got to be hard too, right? Because I could see makeup smudging on things. Absolutely. So we're definitely either getting out of costume to eat or putting a smock over the top of our costumes, that kind of thing to protect. So, so Sam, how long were you, I mean, how long did it take for you if to shoot your whole sort of set of scenes on TNG? So I was on set for two days. Um, I was in four different scenes So um, uh, for that. So I had two days of work uh, for that. Um, and that's pretty typical if they're filming an episode. I mean, they, they try and film 
all of the sequences with the same actors in the same area um, in one day. So they they definitely, most things shoot out of sequence. They're mm-hmm. not starting at the beginning and then, you know, mm-hmm. filming through. So it's not the way that we watch them, which totally, Correct. again, blows my mind because that is so much stuff to keep track of. And as a viewer, I can't even imagine these being in the wrong sequence, like, and then making any sense to anyone. That's, I mean, I feel like that's where really good, like, script supervisors come in, where it's like, you have to keep track of all these little details and every little scene, because if you need to reshoot, like, you held your coffee cup in your left hand, and now you're holding in your right hand, and when you edit that together, like, it's going to look wrong, you know? The amount of times that we catch a continuity error are so tiny compared to how much editing there actually Mm -hmm. is, that's like, I don't know how there isn't more continuity errors. Mm-hmm. It's crazy yeah. how they keep that all in track. So Sam, you were there for two days. How long was your shooting schedule each day? Were you there for like 12 hours in makeup and costume? Yeah. So, so the day was eight to 10 hours where, you know, again, it took two hours just to get into makeup. <laughs> oh um, so they're there and they've got food, which is wonderful. But can you eat though when you're all made up? Yeah. So again, um, cause you've got the makeup on. You do, you've got powder, you have touch-ups, you have uh, that kind of thing happen after eating. So um, definitely covering the costume with a smock and um, eating carefully. But yes, um, they, you can, yeah. I imagine the fear <laughs> that you're going to get something on your Klingon uniform. It's like somebody's going to zoom in and be like, is that a Cheeto puff on his lapel? <laughs> the day the Klingons ate Cheetos. That's definitely what fans would do. 100%. That is a good day. That is a good day. (laughs) This is just so cool to like think about all of these parts and not just your part as a Klingon on this episode, but sort of the background information of like central casting and how you kind of get in. And that's just so interesting because Sharice and I have no experience working in this field. So we're just fans. So it's like, Wait, you had to do 12 hours or 8 to 10 hours in, like, Klingon makeup and prosthetics, like... And eating very, very carefully. I hope it was... (laughs) I hope there was air conditioning, because I feel like I would have been dying with this, like, mask on my face and my head that has its own hair. Yeah, (laughs) that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the studios definitely take care of you, and they've been filming movies for decades, and so, you know, it's definitely a system. It's It's a machine. I love this. Thank you so much, Sam, for just answering our questions and being our special guest. One thing that I've learned from what you've said is that I am not cut out to be an extra. So (laughs) that that was news. Um, So thank you so much for sharing everything that you had to say. We really appreciate it. This is going to be such an epic episode. Um, We hope that you guys have liked it, those of you who are listening. And if you have any questions for Sam, send us an email and we will ask our special guest. You can send us an email to info at the tngpodcast.com. Sam, thank you so, so much. Thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for geeking out with us. Be sure to join the crew at the tngpodcast.com to be the first to know when we do our live shows or host events exclusively for our members. We'll see you next time.